0: Just visit audible.com slash or text wondery to 500, 500. That's audible.com slash or text wondery to 500, 500
1: Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 520. Hey, Jonah Ray, what are you doing over there in this intro? Oh, I'm just hanging out, just uh, having a good time. What, what is your good time over there? Oh, just hanging out with friends, having good conversations, and a sunny day outside. Oh, are you, you're kind of going into weird Bing Crosby. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> just over here enjoying a nice tall glass of OJ. Uh, oh, that's me right there, right now. You know that. Well, um, uh, we're gonna be—we're uh, heading off this weekend to do at Midnight Live the Wild West Comedy Festival Friday and Saturday, May fifteenth and sixteenth, and then also we just announced our Comic Con shows. We're doing an at Midnight Live Friday, July twenty-fifth, ten thirty p.m. at the Balboa, and then a Nerds Podcast Live Saturday, the twenty-sixth. At the Balboa also That should be a lot of fun Love that Balboa Theater It's such a great It's a perfect venue It's the perfect venue It's big but it's not too big Yes and it's just off From the down The hectic downtownness Of San Diego To just be like nice Yeah Yeah It's good So we'll have fun guests We'll have a good time So uh, go get tickets for that This episode of Nerds Podcast Is brought to you by Dollar Shave Club Dollar Shave Club Yeah you know why? Because razors are expensive, Jonah. Like it's your fault. Why would you make razors expensive? <laughs> and why would I even never use one? I uh... You're some sort of weird billion-dollar shave robber baron. Well, I heard they
0: were going under, and so I bought a bunch.
1: <laughs> well, com sends you amazing quality razors and other cool bathroom stuff right to your door for just a couple of bucks a month. It's It could not be easier. Uh, dollar Shave Club does not waste money on ridiculous shave tech gimmicks. Uh They basically just send you Simple quality Shaving implements And bathroom stuff For just as I said A few bucks a month Uh, I'm a You know Four four blades If you want four blades Quad You want a quad uh, And you pay six bucks For a pour pack I mean six bucks For the best quality blades That you can possibly get The signing up couldn't be easier Go to DollarShaveClub.com Pick a razor plan There's three to choose from Say no thank you To big shave companies And their ridiculously Overpriced shave tech You don't need it you're paying for CG graphics in a commercial. Screw that noise. Yeah. We're here to shave you from overpriced blades. <laughs> Wait, you're going to shave people? Yeah. I know you sh- were doing a play on words, but it sounds like you were offering to shave you're people. You're right. It's, it's a bad time for a, a word replacement joke. Yeah. If you could shave me. Do you think we could get uh, Amy to come in and... Uh, <laughs> 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 I stepped in a pile of... Shaving cream. Be nice and clean. Yes. Shave every day <laughs> and you'll always look keen with Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> <laughs> Join us at Nerdist and the hundreds of thousands of guys who've upgraded to the smarter way to shave. Shave time, shave money. DollarShaveClub.com/nerdist. That's DollarShaveClub.com/nerdist. This episode is Jim Jeffries. He's promoting his day streaming tour Happening now across the United States Tickets available at JimJefferies.com I, I pronounce it that way because it's Jefferies Jim, dot com And his show Legit, which is Wednesdays at 10pm on FXX um, This is uh, Jim's second appearance on the old uh, Nerds podcast sure. And uh, he's always really nice not- uh, Jim, Jim's just one of those guys where he's like I don't know. He just makes everything easy. Like, ah, he doesn't like to complicate things. He's like a funny, funny, nice guy, and he was great on At Midnight when he came on. So, uh, and Jim will probably be one of those guys that pops up on the podcast from time to time, Cha-cha. just like Jonah Ray. That's me. Pops up from time to time. Make it when I can. All right, buddy. It's North Podcast number five twenty. What happened to your voice? How, what are you talking about, <laughs> Chris? Are you having that stroke? Why are you having a stroke? <laughs>
3: I'll sit on this old school assembly job. <laughs> Doesn't matter what country, and do we have these in Australia? Same ones.
1: Yeah, those are pretty uh, universal. Yeah. Because every every country wants you to have a poor sitting experience. Yeah. Uh, in one way or another. Also, I remember whenever you are in trouble at school, there
3: was a lot of. Uh, well, you have to fold up all the chairs after assembly, <laughs> so there'd be like a thousand chairs, but you and your mate just. Just folding, yeah, putting, <laughs> putting them on the big carts and pushing them over. Because no teacher ever, ever um, folded up the chairs. They were just banking on there'd be a couple of bad kids every Wednesday after assembly.
1: That's why you take a teaching job, though, so you can make bad kids do work. Did You ever get? the Is this the show we're we doing? This? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah did, you, did you ever get the cane? No, 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 no. We never, I never got the cane, which is great because I, I went to Catholic school too, yeah. but they were not, uh, it was not a corporal punishment type of thing.
3: I had the cane. I got the cane in a very weird way. Um, Mr. McKibben. McKibben. It sounds like McKibben. an STD the way you say it. Yeah. I, I the
1: cane. <laughs> Picked up the cane.
3: But the, the, it was all on Australian TV and this is, we're talking like 1989, maybe 1990. And the news was like this. It was like, and as of next week, the cane will be illegal in all schools across Australia. <laughs> so
1: they were just itching to right? get those but last they gave, few.
3: It was like when they were trying to bring the smoking ban in. Like, you can smoke indoors, but as of Friday, you can't smoke. And so everyone was just smoking inside. <laughs> just blowing <laughs> it on the walls. <laughs> People who weren't smokers were trying to get it in. So so when they said, like, there was, they were just itching to cane kids around my school. There was like, I went there and I remember there was a line for the (laughs) cane. Record number of canings. Yeah, like, and this was just at that time of the day, like, they were coming and going. But there was four kids in front of me. Well, okay, my grade school,
1: we had, there there was a paddle. Yeah. There was a paddle and rumor has it they would drill holes in the paddle to cut down... On the wind wind resistance. resistance. Uh, But I never received the paddle,
3: but you got caned. I got caned. So you go into the office and he said, put your hand out. And then I got three canings across the hand. Like oh, on the hand? Is that how it works? Yeah. Across the, across the fingers. Oh,
1: oh, that part of your finger. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck.
3: And you'd get a welt across there. Um, but the thing was like, you'd cheer up and the teacher was a pretty sadistic sort of guy. And he just sort of stood there and just went, dry your eyes, you don't want the other boys to see you. And I was like, oh, fuck. I, I, went to a, I went to a co-ed school, but the, there was other boys waiting to get hit. Sure. So he goes, you don't want the other boys to see you crying, do you? Oh, like, just taunting and you. And so he gives you like 30 seconds and you go, yeah, okay. And you sort of dry your eyes and then you walk out. And But this is the thing. I wouldn't have had my life any other way because... That was a kick-ass story, especially to tell like <laughs> girls that were a bit younger than you when you are in school, <laughs> like a girl that was a year below you. Because this happened to me like in year seven or year eight, which is like the start of like a sophomore yeah. or a freshman or whatever okay. you call them over here. And so you just say, yeah, yeah, I got the cane. <laughs> uh, it wasn't like when you young kids <laughs> came in. And just show you welts around the schoolyard and go, didn't hurt that much. It was a badge of honor. Yeah, it was a real sort
1: of What thing. do you have to do to get the cane?
3: I was being insolent to a teacher in class.
1: So they could just hit the shit out of you for that. Yeah, I, uh, was, I was kicked out for at talking back. Oh,
3: but oh. see. I was caned by the, a teacher that wasn't even there, who was just in charge of caning. Oh. Like that wasn't his only job. He also did science.
1: Oh sure, science and executioner. <laughs> <Right>?
3: But, <laughs> but he, he brought me into uh, yeah. He was one of the teachers that 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 told me, kept on telling me. Uh, he said something to the effect of like John Lennon's um, auntie said to him, "You'll never make money out of playing guitar." Yeah, said something like, "You'll never make money out of telling your jokes." So why don't you just shut up or something like that? He said one of those sentences. Oh. With, and now my mother was a school teacher at my school um and maybe 10 years after i finished school her car had broken down and i was in sydney for whatever reason so i went to pick my mum up from her work and i waited at the front of his office <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, and then i, then I, I went he goes uh oh, hello how are you i haven't seen you for, he's super friendly and i went he goes what are you doing with yourself and i went I'm I'm making I'm making a living out of telling jokes. Right? Like, <laughs> like you revert these, all these years I built up in my totally head of revert what to I the would kid. say to this man. Yeah, it's impossible. And then he said, "Your mother said you. Congratulations." <laughs> and he couldn't have
1: been. No, you don't understand. You said that this wouldn't happen, and
3: this said, <laughs> fuck you. Just fuck you. Yeah, just I want you to grumble and walk away like ah. <laughs> oh. Why, why, I don't know how I thought it'd play on the head, but in my head I thought he'd be like, damn it, I was wrong. You know?
1: oh, okay, you get to cane me now because I, this is how this works.
3: Yeah, Mr. McKibben or McKinnon. McKibben or McKinnon or something. He's probably dead by now. That's ba- look, it's very possible. It's very
1: possible. It, it, I mean, like, you know, what you've just described. You'll ne- They cane you. You'll never make money doing this and then just cue Pink Floyd's Another Brick in the Wall. Just like, <laughs> way to keep kids down. But, but do you... F- <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you think that, um, do you think that... Uh, we announced who I am it? I'm Jim Jeffries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously. Well, well <laughs> I
3: don't think we've done that in this podcast. <laughs> well, there's an intro that we tack I have on a TV show that. on FXX, 10 o'clock on Wednesdays.
1: Yeah, 10 o'clock Wednesdays, FXX. Legit. Uh, but the, um, I wonder if, is it good to be challenged in that way? Or is it like, I, sometimes I think it's, you should never do that. But then at the same time, something about you was challenged by that, and then so then you went out and did Yeah, it. I think there's got to be a little bit... I Look, my whole life, and this, as
3: sad as it sounds, is sticking it up, people. Do you use that <laughs> term in this country? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
1: no, we don't, but yeah, I know what you mean. You know
3: what I mean? It's just like, like uh, the easy way, the mo- more common modern way of saying it is haters are your motivators. That's what the young kids say now. Yeah. But I love it when I, I found out that with success... Money wasn't as exciting as I thought it would be. I thought having money would be a big deal because I grew up poor. Yeah, And then when I got money, it's nice money and it helps and all that type of stuff. And i much rather have money than not have money. But I thought it would be a wonderful,
1: amazing experience. And it, was, it wasn't... was like, like every morning you just get up and jump out, uh, out of your bed and just swim through a pile of money. But
3: it's also that whole thing, I can buy whatever I want to a certain extent. Now, I, you know, like the other day I was looking at like something in a comic book store which was like a, a predator head. Right? <laughs> and I went, I could just buy that. When I was poor, <laughs> when I was poor, I went, and then your brain goes, this is how hoarding starts. Now oh, I, yeah. It, now I'm going to have this shit in my house. Well,
1: it's 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 those fantasies <laughs> that you have when you don't have money and you go Oh man, if I had money, I could buy that predator head. And then when you can, you're like, what am I going to do with that a predator, predator head? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> with the nine other predator heads that I bought. And what's people going to think when they come over? They're going to think I'm a bit of a <laughs> jerk who bought
3: a. Like, like,
1: the important thing is, we can never be happy.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like, so I, but I, I have found a little bit of happiness in. In the, well, they say the best revenge is living well. Anyone who says that you would never make it or, or says that something you do is shit or some, like, even with my TV show now, when, when I got a the second season, I felt like I stuck it up a few people who said either the first season wasn't that good or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I, I really believed in the show. And, and then, you know, it's, I think, I, I think it was um, Judd Apatow was saying that his, his entire career, I was in an article recently, has been revenge for freaks and geeks being cancelled that's amazing
1: yeah I mean I 100% part you know the the whole reason that I started all the Nerdist stuff was partially like well you know I just want to make stuff that makes me happy the other part was like for years I couldn't get work and you know agents didn't want me the business was done with me and it was just like every rejection was like fuck you I'm gonna make my own thing so you can go fuck fuck yourself okay
3: I I would go for audition after audition
1: and in the end I just wrote my own TV show
3: yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, I-, I thought I'm not going to audition anymore because there's there has never been on a call sheet we want a slightly overweight pale Australian. That has never <laughs> that has never been the description <laughs> of the character. That any American is sketched <laughs> down. If an, if they want an Australian, he's going to have sandy blonde hair. He like, hey, did, like I don't know. Yeah. I just have an American accent for some reason. A, but but it's that's never, how bad we are with our. And then, Australian but my castles. agents are always like, but you go in there and convince them that you're the guy. And it's like, wow, well, it's the, you're behind the eight
1: ball already. So that does not happen very often, by the way, where you can convince them that you're the guy. Yeah. Like they have an idea in their head, and the second they see you, sort of like you know, uh, they say like you know. Human beings will decide within, within seven seconds Whether or not they want to have sex with someone yeah. When they meet them mm. It's exactly the same thing in the casting process mm. You would have to Essentially uh, I, I feel like you would have to dematerialize And phase your body through the wall and back And be like, look, I'm a wizard For them to go, holy fuck We have to have this guy yeah, Exactly. Otherwise they've
3: pretty much decided yeah, no, I, Look, I cast people for my show And I'm ex- as bad as they are <laughs>
1: Well, from their point of view, yeah. <laughs> from their point of view, they don't have a lot of time. They got to cast something. Yeah. You just need someone to fill the role. If you don't have, unfortunately, have a lot of time to make it, it's just like there's going to be a person uh, out there I'll who's tell you what, when though, they
3: walk in. Uh, my first name drop of the day, John, John Ratzenberger, who's in my show. who um, was Cliff from Cheers. Yeah,
1: he, uh, he, uh, hey, hey, yeah, John Ratzenberger. Hey, Yeah,
3: Jimmy. So he um, he wrote his own role in Cheers. It's quite a famous story. He, oh, I didn't. Cliff, Cliff Claven didn't exist. He auditioned for the part of Norm. Now, may I say that Cliff Claven and John Ratzenberger in character are very close <laughs> in real life, <laughs> right? And uh, so, so he went in there and they went, uh, like, he obviously read for Norm and he didn't, you know, I, obviously he's not Norm. Yeah. Right? He's not. And then as he was leaving, he went, hey, yeah. yeah, do you have a bar know it all? <laughs> and they went, sorry? I'm Barry Know-It-All. Just a guy that just gives facts and figures that ain't quite right. And they're like, how would that go? Ah, well, the Romans invented Barry know it That's
1: fucking incredible. And they wrote the part in for him. That's fantastic. Yeah. Oh, That makes me happy. It makes me happy because it it's always nice when a performer... Gets even a molecule of power in a business where you essentially most of the time. I I get have blown I
3: have a John Ratzenberger story from about ten days ago. So this is this is quite fresh. Um, I was I was in Kansas. I'm on tour at the moment. I was in Kansas doing a show. John was off in Kansas doing. Uh, so a, a Comic Con mm-hmm. Now uh, the thing That we have at work Where Look oh, I'm I'm a taking guy But you still look At all the female extras And you make a mental note Within seven seconds Whether you'd have <laughs> Whether you'd have Sex with
1: them or not That's just uh, These are 12 you, hour 12 you, hour days You file it away You're not going to do anything But you just file it yeah, away Yeah you'd
3: like to f- go oh, Alright if I could or, you know. And I've made it I have a decision now At work Whether a girl Is too young To sleep with Right Because I don't want To sleep with them Too young Sure Right and this is, this is my gauge. When she meets John, does she recognize him from A, Cheers, or B, as Hammy the pig from Toy Story? <laughs> is Hammy the pig too young? It's Hammy the pig too young. <laughs> too young. <laughs> too young. Cheers. Yeah, but they, it, they really do. They go, "Okay, you don't know that kind of Cliff Clever, from Cheers? What? And then, and then like, what? And then he goes... Hey Woody There's Buzz Lightyear And then they lose their shit And right. you're like Oh my god you're Off the young. list um, Off the list So anyway He was doing a comic con To sign pictures of the pig I guess <laughs> Right And he, he, yeah, He's a real people person So I think he just enjoys The meet and greets And I thought He could talk all day You know And uh, So I, he rang me Like he started sending me texts that I didn't know he was in town The text started going yeah, you know there's a good barbecue place on 4th <laughs> I love You and, have uh, to read his text on that right? voice. I'm, I, I'm reading his text going, What is he really following which town I'm in and telling me Well, and then I and then, and then he goes and then um, he goes, What time's your show? I'm gonna show up, right? And then I went, Oh right, he's in Kansas. Oh, you don't expect to pump into him in Kansas. He shows up at the gig and he goes, Oh, you've yeah, been signing pictures all day with Margot Kidder. <laughs> <laughs> right, Lois Lane, the original. Yes, and uh, well, not the original. There's another one. There's probably ninety of the TV series. But um, so he goes, I invited her to the to your gig, and she was really excited to come. But she's so fucking, but she's so fucking crazy that uh, I just stood her up.
1: Oh no. <laughs> no. Ratzenberger <laughs> standing up, <Margo> Kidder. <laughs> he goes. I asked her
3: in the morning. By the afternoon, I was like, I'm not going to a gig with her. <laughs> right? No.
1: So, so now Margot Kidder is just stuck in the middle of Kansas somewhere. And,
3: and, and, and also, may we add, Clark
1: uh, is Clark although, around here?
3: Although he was never in a scene with her, John Ratzenberger
1: was in two Supermans. Yeah, he was in. Uh, he was in Superman too, with
3: two different roles. No, he's the one that when they have the nuclear warhead, who's the guy on the panel? Yeah, right. When they then they're trying to do the different like angle for it to blow up the the fault and he's, line. Al- and he's also in and he's uh, also the Superman
1: g- 2 and and that working for NASA. He's
3: working for NASA. Yeah. He might have been promoted through, but he—I think he's two different guys. But he's in two Supermans.
1: I feel—I wonder if we talked about that the last time you were on because that—I—I I, I feel like I've talked about that with someone else, and I—it's I, probably probably me. I can't imagine who else I would have been I, like, hey, I, that John Ratzenberger was in Superman too. So I—I
3: was—I so he came along to the gig, and so I went on stage and I told a story about okay, so in the TV show. My father's being played by uh, George Lazenby.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Oh, wow. Right? who I tried to cast Paul Hogan, and Paul Hogan, I, I tried going over to his house and everything. <laughs> his, his agent like wanted him to do it. Paul hadn't worked in years. And his agent was like, his manager was like, I think he'll do it. He just needs a bit of convincing. And then one day he said he would do it, and then he changed his mind. And I thought if I just went over to his house and took him out for a beer,
1: you know, that's how I thought. Yeah, but that's, uh, you know, that's... I think that is the what an American would think that an Australian would be would go for. Like, yeah. just take him out for a beer and he'll I'll just, do it. I just
3: go meet him and take him out for a beer. I, I I I think maybe he was having some marriage problems or something. He wasn't up for fucking.
1: Did he know you were coming to his house? No, <laughs> so you just showed up at Paul Hogan's. But someone gave me his
3: fucking address. I didn't get it off Stars Map. Like I was given an inside scoop. Right. Hey
1: Paul, Jim Jeffries, want to go out for a beer? Mm.
3: I knew he'd read the script, and I knew he knew who I was, and I yeah. thought, anyway, that didn't happen.
1: How so, is it? Is there still a lot of Crocodile Dundee money left? He owned the films. Oh, then yes.
3: Yeah. And they're, they're, the, they're the most played. Like, you know when they always talk about, like, the police, every breath you take? At any given time in the world, that song is being played on radio somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. Um, the Paul Hogan movies are the TV equivalent. Crocodile Dunny and Crocodile Dunny 2 are on television somewhere, whether it be in an airplane or in Asia. Or they're huge through like Asia, like Japan. So he and just, all that. He just to get out
1: of bed every day, he just gets a check every day yeah. for. for so that.
3: He, yeah. he, they're the most televis, televised movies in the modern era or something. Wow. Um, and when you think about it, they are always on some channel. The first two. <laughs> the, the one in LA doesn't. Because the one in LA was like. He's a fish out of water. He moves to New York in the first one. The second one's like, he's a fish out of water. He's basically Australia versus America. Yeah. He should have taken it to maybe London or maybe some other country. Or space. Or Yeah, or something. <laughs> but just going, what's way different from New York? Um, LA. Yeah. He'll never know what's going on. <laughs> like
1: by that stage, his character had been living in America for like, 15, 20 years. Yeah, so it's... I, I think the better story is he's got to go back to Australia and reacclimate.
3: Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, I'll have a frappuccino with a... What?
1: what? You don't have that here? <laughs> <laughs> get out, get out! <laughs> That's not a knife, and neither is this. So I had to get rid of my knife. Well, so so Paul Hogan was out. So Paul Hogan was out. So then you went to, like, I, I let's was, go to... My, a, a my casting fight. agent was
3: like, well, I said, we auditioned some other, There was another guy who was, who played the father in the movie The Castle. I don't know if you've ever seen The Castle. It's like my favorite Australian comedy.
1: Oh, yeah, the guy This his house. Yeah,
3: The House, yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, my God, I think I saw that one. Because that was like the 90s, right? Yeah, it's
3: a funny yeah. film. It was Eric Banner's first movie. Eric Banner had like four lines in it.
1: Wow, before, yeah, and Eric Banner that. was still
3: a stand-up comic, and now he's like, well, he's been a bit cold at the moment, but he became a big Hollywood star, didn't he? I don't think I knew that he was a, com- a comic my first ever gig when I was 17 I did an g- open spot Eric Banner and I didn't do another gig till I was 23 Eric Banner was the MC how was he? he's an impersonator if I- you go on there's a lot of comedy impersonation it's a lot of like Arnold Schwarzeneggers and sure. stuff like that but he's, he's it was, that's probably why he did Chopper so good like his impersonation of the, the guy was real and so he's very good at accents and stuff like that but he was just an impersonator Yeah, I
1: had no idea yeah, yeah. Okay. Very
3: popular. He was on Australian TV, like in
1: sketch comedy shows and stuff, yeah. I was wondering I guess maybe if some people if their heart's not in it, but don't once you? they get famous it's like Oh now you can go perform in big spaces and do I was just assume like everyone wants to do comedy all the time, but some people I just think go, what the thing was he was better at TV than he
3: was at stand up. I don't think his stand up was extra special good. And he was one of those guys who wanted to get
1: into television. Into television so use the stand up. Yeah, and use the stand up to get his way there. Okay, so then George Lazenby gets into the equation. Okay, so
3: then that we we go through a few more lists. Now, may I add also for my mother? Now, I've been dubbed a, a misogynistic comic over the years for jokes that I have said. I don't believe that I am in real life, but I have said many, many misogynistic things. Probably more so than most comedians. And uh, to audition for my mother, we had uh, Helen Ready. <gasps> Helen Ready. Helen Ready auditioned to play my mum. She didn't
1: get the role, but you, you know who Helen Ready is in this it, when I was a kid. My parents used to go to Vegas a lot For my dad's Because my dad was a professional bowler There was a lot of bowling stuff in, in Vegas Helen Reddy was one of the shows That my parents took me to as a small child I remember I, I have flashes Roll. Of shows in the 70s Yeah of like Helen Reddy, Tony Orlando, and Dawn. I saw Steve Martin in Vegas. Oh, wow. Johnny Carson, Joan Rivers. But Helen Reddy was one of the shows that I saw. Helen Reddy was
3: the quintessential woman feminist from the 70s. Yeah, like
1: with, she was the songs. sort of musical vocal for the women's lib movement.
3: I Am Woman is still a huge... Not many people knew she was Australian, but I Am Woman, Hear Me, Rod. They still sing that and do parodies of it. But anyway, so Helen Reddy was auditioned to play my mother. In the end, we cast... The, the only woman that I wanted to play the role... Like, this is the only part that I actually said, look, make sure you fly this person out. I don't, take it out of my money. I don't care. And FX were like, we're not flying anyone out. We have to fly in business class. And so I said, please, I really want... And we got a lady called Magda Sabansky, who's a huge star in Australia. And you'll know her as... The only thing she ever did in America was she was the farmer's wife in the movie Babe and Babe Pig oh. in the City. And then Babe goes to LA. Like, yeah. <laughs> <around the> <laughs> so she's playing my mum. Now my mum, all through my stand-up and over the years has, has been described as a morbidly obese woman which she is in real life and also Magda is a very overweight lady. If we get a third season we have a problem because Magda just signed a huge deal with Jenny Craig to lose like 100 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, good, right? And I, I, I'm happy for her, but I don't want her to lose the weight because oh, no.
2: that,
3: that makes my life harder. I have to write into the script while my mum's lost so much weight, you know. <laughs> anyway, so that's what we got for mum. And then they said, they gave us a few Australian names. I wanted to go after Castle. And then someone just went, well, George Lazenby's available. And I was like, fucking James Bond. You gotta. Let's do it, man. You if I, if it. I can't
1: have Crocodile Dundee, I'll take James You'll take Bond. You take James Bond. So I mean Crocodile Dundee is really the Australian version of James Bond, right? Um yeah. <laughs> I mean yeah. You, know, you can see how they're pretty. And similar. So,
3: and so so Lazenby, I, I, I told this on a podcast the other day, I think I told him but anyway, I'll tell it again. But it's um Lazenby, I'm sitting next to him the first day I met him and I said, Hey hey George, because I, I old man, I didn't want to be rude or anything. Yeah. I said Do you ever fuck a Bond girl? <laughs> right? And he goes, Be easier to tell you which ones I haven't fucked.
1: Wow!
3: All right. (laughs) And then he goes, they all come to the conventions.
1: Oh!
3: So you gotta think. Gotta think that George is the only one Out of all the James Bonds Who still goes to the convention <laughs> That is
1: like He's but all he's the, it
3: out All the women They only really do those movies there's, Some of them obviously are bigger stars Halle Berry and stuff like that And people sure. who have gone on to things sure. but For the most part They're one and done They're normally like The equivalent of a Victoria's Secret model Who gets this one gig And then they never act again right? I
1: hope he had sex With Denise Richards Like last year Yeah
3: But he hasn't had sex Like in a Motel 6 Oh Like in a small town Yeah like a at convention. a convention With the, all of his headshots On the side of the bed
1: Oh uh. Uh, he's trying to say he's he's, shaking, not stirred while hacking up he's wearing
3: wearing the tuxedo where he's done a sketch from the day before
1: (laughs) (laughs) no oh wow so so this
3: this is so 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 I'm I'm I'm, this about the third or fourth day I've heard every every story that George has told me every woman that he's fucked I had a great nickname for him because he told me a story once that went like this it was like Oh, you're yeah, yeah, back in the 60s. He was the number one male model in the world in the 1960s. So it was like madmen
1: back then. Also, in the 60s, people were ex- just, just giving it away. They were just and giving it right. away. Everyone, every human being. Our generation is the
3: worst. There was the generation, the 70s, of free love and all that type of stuff. Yeah. And then the 80s was like, you know, hey, we've invented the pill. We can all fuck each other. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then the 90s came along and, hey! None of that.
1: Don't do that anymore. Right? Where they were
3: just, every time we turned on TV, it was AIDS. Right? Now, in 2000, it's like we've sort of forgotten about AIDS. Kids are all taking pictures of their genitals and they're all having threesomes.
1: (laughs) We've got I'm back. Our generation was fucked over sexually worse than anyone. I was oh. terrified. I was terrified of sex.
3: I had sex with one girl who I think was a virgin, got tested. <laughs> I went and got tested. She probably had sex with one other guy. There was no nothing wrong with her. Since then, I've done some extraordinarily risky stuff. <laughs> where, where I would have thought that I, would, I should be just dropped dead as soon as I walk out of the room. But it was the AIDS thing. They really... We used to have this thing in Australia, this advert for AIDS in Australia, which was the Grim Reaper. And uh, the Grim Reaper was bowling. He's holding his, what is he? The uh, side. His sigh in one hand and, he, and his big cloak and you couldn't see like a skeleton face. And then he, he was bowling.
1: I'm glad the Grim Reaper finds time to go bowling.
3: Yeah, but what was he bowling? The pins were made out of people who had AIDS.
1: Oh, and- Jesus Christ.
3: So, so there was all these pins and it was like AIDS can affect anything and then the ball was just knocking people. It can affect anyone, right? But then there was like little kids and then there was like uh. grand, There was like a grandma there with a cane like, ah, the ball hit her. <laughs> like,
1: like, you wouldn't do an ad like that now. We, we used to think that you could get AIDS like shaking people's hands. Or sharing the same bowling ball, yeah, like th- death. Yeah. Not the case.
3: And de- but death would just... He was bowling for aids people.
1: Now, was that the... Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the commercials in Australia are a little more blunt than yeah. they
3: are here, though, Oh, I yeah, think. cigarette packets are just pictures of lungs destroyed and hearts and, 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 like, a picture of a guy with a stroke. Oh, God. Yeah, and it's, you know what? I'm all for the cigarette bans and um, that cigarettes are bad for you and all that stuff. But the adverts for me go too far. Just focus on the lung cancer, the one that people really get done, or the one with the... Eh. Yeah. Focus on that guy and yeah. the lung cancer guy. Stop telling me I'm going to lose a foot. I've known, <laughs> I've known so many people and no one's lost a fucking foot, right? I know in the ad you'll show someone who's lost a foot and they're putting their foot on and they're like, how much do you want to smoke? I've lost my foot. But I just think like, like soda could have the same arguments of as course. the foot. more people lose their feet from
1: diabetes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, you know, how many people a year, like, choke on a corn chip or something? Yeah, it's like Okay, I get the lung cancer. I guess the... And Besides
3: that, the one now with, like, the the ones ripping its tooth out. Like, how much does it cost for a pack of menthols? And why does that advert really focus on the menthols? (laughs) He's like, pack of menthols, please.
1: I think people accidentally buy menthols. Like, oh, I didn't see the green. God damn it. What am I yeah. supposed to do with this? So anyway,
3: I'm sitting in the chair. Oh, this is my nickname for George. So George would tell stories that goes like this. You go, oh, yeah, I was at a party. There's just naked women all over the floor. Peter Sellers' cock was over there. <laughs> jo- John Lennon's cock was over there. And you, we were just, you, just, you just did whatever you want. Oh, my God. Right? And then I – and then I, so my nickname for him is Curious George, right, <laughs> which, is, which is sweet, and he doesn't quite get why I call him. What are you – Bicurious? What are you talking about? Anyway, so this is my favorite story, and then I'll get back to the John Ratzenberger in Kansas story in a second. Sure. So I'm sitting in the makeup chair, and on one side of me I have John Ratzenberger. On one side of me I have – George me, Okay. And they're trying to meet some common ground. John doesn't chase tail. He's got a wife and other stuff. George still tries to chase tail, right? And he goes, uh, hey, George, uh, where'd they meet that uh, Majesty's Secret Service? And he goes, oh, I was all over Europe, mate. All over Europe, everywhere. Oh, yeah, I love Europe. Uh, my favorite place is France. You like France? It's my favorite place in Europe. He goes, oh, yeah, I fucking love France. Oh, yeah well, what's your favourite bit of France? And then George went, well, there's a place in Italy where you can fuck the prostitutes by the side of the road. Oh,
2: Jesus
3: Christ. That's his favourite bit of France. of Italy, In Italy. A place in Italy <laughs> where you can fuck the prostitutes by the side of the road. Favorite now, you've got, you got to also picture that there's there's 3 makeup and hair people in there <laughs> who, who, who are all women in their late 20s, early 30s, just, just fluffing our Horrified. heads. And I, and I go... When you say by the side of the road, George, are you, like, just on the tarmac or are they in fields? You need to elaborate. Yeah, you can't just say that because I'm just pitching just just John, like, fucking next to George, next to Roadkill. (laughs) Anyone here, it's the side
1: of the road. (laughs) It's great here being in Italy, France. (laughs) (laughs) There's so much... There's so much that you... I don't know if it's good or bad, but to be... He must be in his late 70s, right? In mid-70s, yeah. Mid-70s, so... At a point... I don't know if it, it's good or bad to be at a point in your life where you can pretty much say anything because people are like, he's old! Because that, to me, is sort of like that's the near the end of the road like yeah. you almost kind of want people to be like no get offended because i'm still young and vibrant and threatening <laughs> not old and like oh yeah, you're when, when you, when you hit old. on a young
3: girl you don't want her to go oh bless you i'll kiss you on the cheek yeah oh, you know what i mean oh, no no, no, no i really thing. want to put it in you come on there, uh so anyway so i'm at kansas i'm on stage i'm doing a bit of And uh, John comes out and goes, eh, enough! And the audience loses their fucking shit, right? Because we're in Kansas. Right. And then afterwards, I finish signing and all that. By the time I finish doing photos and everything, it's past midnight. And John goes, eh, yeah, we've got to find some barbecue while we're here in Kansas, right? And uh, so he, he, he rings around, he finds out that there's a place 20 miles away from where we are. So on the real outskirts of Kansas... There's a barbecue place that's still open. So me and John Ratzenberger, we travel out to fucking this is like ten days ago. <laughs> we traveled to the outskirts of Kansas. We go into this barbecue place, which is the food was alright, but it was like a cafeteria. You had to get a tray and then go, yeah. and I'll have some cornbread and I'll have some, and they put it all it like so good. Yeah, and it was like that. And there was no it was there was no one really in the restaurant. There was like it was way the, so and then there was a bar next door that was attached that you could walk through this restaurant into this bar, right? And I said, oh, let's go get one beer and we'll go home, right? We go into the bar to get a beer and it was like a scene in a movie where the needle on the record goes... Err. Now, it was only black people in this bar. Like, and about 50 of them, but it wasn't like... I've walked into, like, black clubs in Manhattan where there's this hip-hop music playing and stuff like that. It wasn't like that every black person in this bar was over the age of 60 and the music was like, let's get it on. Oh, yeah. Woo. yeah. And they're all sitting there having a good time. Super black, like weaves everywhere and we, I, for the first time ever, I walked into a bar and thought, oh, I don't think they want us here, right? <laughs> and John didn't, hey, let's go. And then like, we went up to the bar and the lady behind the bar was like, you boys want to have a drink here? And we're like, yeah <laughs> I think I was the first Australian To ever walk into this room Definitely But right? you have
1: Cliff Clavin with you
3: No but that's the whole thing I was going John we should get going And just And John's like Yeah maybe you're right And then one of them goes nom! <laughs> 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 like He like doesn't get it right But close enough he's, right? he's, he's in the right reference sphere You drink in a bar With a main cast member From Cheers You don't pay for drinks Everything By the end of it I'm talking Every single person In that bar Arm in arm Where everybody Knows your name <laughs> And the owner said, oh, I'll drive you boys home. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so nice. It was the best experience ever. And is John cool with that stuff? He loves it. And I think he knew because I was getting nervous. I think he knew yeah, it'll kick in in a second.
1: Oh right. yeah. And yeah. he's kind of talking a little bit louder. Mm. Yeah, hey, what are you guys here doing? Here?
3: Yeah. They all came up and did photos and they all they're like they're all drunk, and there's like this old lady who was like eighties, like, Where's my mail? <laughs>
1: And he goes, oh, I'll get it to you tomorrow. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I love that. That's fantastic. The moral of the story is always have John Ratzenberger with you wherever I, you go.
3: Every single person in that bar got a great story where they went home and they told it to their significant other or their kids or whatever. And they're like, what? That
1: bar? The guy from Cheers. Yeah, he was in there. No. <laughs> Cheers. All right. Hand me the pig. Hand me the pig. <laughs> How was the barbecue? It was good. Yeah, yeah see, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know, I'm, I'm sure you, you know, you tour enough around America to know but they're, they're, the regional barbecue wars are very intense. Yeah. Texas barbecue is different than Tennessee barbecue, which is different than Kansas barbecue and Damn so straight. It's, a, it's, a big, uh, it's a it's a big it's it's big it's big deal.
3: You made me want barbecue now. I know,
1: now I want it too, but yeah. there's not really great did that, barbecue in L.A. I just do that
3: thing where I salivate. oh, Baby Blues is all right. Is it good? Yeah, Baby Blues is good. I haven't good. been there. Yeah,
1: yeah. Then I should not yeah, say that's... that there aren't things it's, when I haven't. It's a
3: bit more costly, but that's the only one that's like a proper... <laughs> what?
1: what? That concerns us not. We can buy predator heads. No, I, I,
3: I, I'm just saying for the listeners. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that concerns us not. We... Don't know all of them personally. I was
3: I was with Al, Al Jackson, who's a, who's a comedian friend of mine. Who um, He was actually in an episode legit recently. But um, Me and Al were uh, out drinking Miami, where he lived. But he'd just been on the road for like a month or something. Like he'd been supporting someone. And he'd just come back from somewhere in the Midwest or something. And he's back in a bar in Miami. And we bought two shots and two beers and it came to like twenty four dollars, right? Pretty reasonable, yeah, right. And he'd been away for too long, even though he lived there, and he lost his shit. He went, <laughs> "Are you fucking kidding me?"
1: <laughs> twenty four,
3: yeah, yeah. And I'm like, "That's the normal price in this town. That should be like four dollars." <laughs> I remember once going to to a, 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 a in in one of the Carolinas. Or whatever. No, maybe not one of the carols, something deep in the South, like an Alabama or something like that. Right. It was a problem. And I went to a strip club and lap dances were five bucks. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's a, it... the women looked horrendous, <laughs> but I can't pass up a bargain. <laughs> but then like once every hour or so, they had a deal where you got for your $5, you got a lap dance and a shot and all the girls walked around the stage holding the shots now the shots were obviously watered down bits of sure, crap right sure. but you're like oh, I gotta fucking and this girl just rested in a cesarean scar and flicked it into my mouth <laughs> <laughs>
1: Five dollars. Well, I don't know. She,
3: she sort of did it there. She goes, "Get down to my legs," and then she went like that, <laughs> and then just spilled it. And then just no. I put my mouth over it. I sort of went, thank you, for,
1: <laughs>
3: "Thank you, thank you. This has been the best night ever. I appreciate everything I you do." Better go back
1: to my Hampton Inn or whatever small town hotel. I like got
3: that. I got a new theory on strippers. This is a bit, so I'm not going to lie to you and say, but it's a new bit. But it's basically, whenever you go to female strip clubs. Like You had a female a male strip club and all these dance around poles and you want them to do disgusting things to each other. Yeah. Women don't want that. Women want to see a guy in like a fireman's outfit who can dance or a guy in a tuxedo who can dance or whatever and, and then he'll take all of his clothes off and he'll still have the fireman's hat on or he'll still have a, like a, a tool belt Right. because even when you're naked women want to know that you have a job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, what about the in Vegas all of the this strange... Y- you, as an Australian, are like a bizarre commodity in Vegas, all of the th- male Australian strip shows. Thunder from Down Under. Oh yeah, Thunder from- Australian. Like, I, like, their dicks are different somehow. I've pitched a sitcom once.
3: I've pitched a lot of sitcoms, and i pitched a sitcom once that I was the manager of the Thunder Down Under. <laughs> and that uh, I used to be their main dancer. And now I just and all the guys are gay and,
1: <laughs> and you just and, and but you just like you were like I don't want to dance anymore. Yeah, you just yeah. I just go. I still did the choreography. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a great idea. It's not a bad. It's a good. It's sitcom. not a bad idea for a sitcom.
3: <laughs> that's not bad. And it was it was all the hijinks around Vegas with me and the muscle guys. And
1: I can't figure out what it is. I guess it's because Australia is just exotic enough. <laughs> and then the and the accents, <laughs> the accent is just close enough. Yeah, and
3: not as evil as South African. It's a, <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, they would never have that evil South African descended from there, then That one they would never. Don't you look at my cock? I, I I know I know I don't want to do that. Why would you make me do that to you? <laughs> it's like the, I, I've got so much material on the Oscar for Story stuff. But I watch the I watch it at the moment, and the the excuse that he's making is. Uh, like, there's like a person who, a security guy from the estate, he said, I heard a woman scream and then I heard the shots. And then he, and he's like, oh, no, no, that was me screaming because someone was breaking in and then I shot them. You know what I mean? And so now there's a big debate in the court case whether Oscar Pistorius screams like a woman or not. Oh, my God. And they've, they've, asked, they've asked his ex-girlfriends like, oh, have you ever heard Oscar scream? Yes, I have. How did he scream? Like a man.
1: Wow. Like, they're all like... Are yeah. they trying to get... Him, is this like the bloody glove? They're trying to get him to scream? And he's <laughs> yeah, like, there's oh... There's going to be I, one I, moment where he just gets up on the stand and... Ah, I'm a girl. Just really trying to... Oh, yeah, my throat's a little dry. If I had yeah. some more water, I could really... Yeah, it's
3: been... Oh, I don't know. I don't scream like
1: a woman like I used to. I mean, I, I haven't watched any of the... I I don't I don't have any fascination with the... Any of the trials that, or the Casey Anthony trial, or any of the trials, I don't because it's all it's all such a bummer to me that I just when I go home I just want to see fake pretends. When they get off, it's sad. When you when like I am
3: pretty sure what Casey Anthony that one really upset me. Um, this Oscar Pistorius one it's gonna be interesting because in in uh, South Africa they don't have juries. It's just one guy who makes the decision. The judge is going to make the decision whether or not he's guilty. And so when it's just one bloke, you'd, fuck it, hell. You, that's all you'd do is look at that guy's face all day.
1: And you'd be a, he hates me. I would, <laughs> God, I would, what a, what a strange justice. I mean, obviously it must work for them, I guess, if they have well, it down there. But, but then feels... there's
3: things like Casey Anthony wouldn't have gotten away with it. Because when you got 12 people and it all has to be unanimous, you know, but obviously then also the flip side is that there's probably a lot of innocent people who get the guilty. Sure. You know, you know, this thing. But I, I assume there'd be probably less people who are guilty you get
1: away with. I don't know. Maybe. If I were on trial for something, I would be terrified to think that there was one guy that it could just be like, well, this is 50 50. Oh, I just know that there would be
3: some like religious person who'd seen one of my DVDs.
1: <laughs> like, it like, would just hate me. I have this really crazy, irrational fear, and I think it's probably just from watching a lot of, I don't know, law and order or something when I was a kid, but the, uh, that you are on trial for something and you really didn't do it yeah. and no one believes you and everything you say just makes you sound guilty.
3: I, I have this theory at the moment on, on uh, yeah, when you're right and everyone else is wrong, right? Like, so Fred Phelps died the other day, yeah. right? Now I'm an atheist, right? He was probably the most hateful person I ever lived, the West, Western Baptist. Westborough Baptist. Westboro Baptist. West the guy who used to protest in front of gay people's funerals and soldiers' funerals because he thought the war had something to do with us being two nice to gays. Something,
1: yeah. I don't...
3: He was so strict. He used to just make up things from the Bible that he decided were like his deal, right? But what if he was the only one who was right? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> like, and, and, and like, like, he was right and, and we're all wrong. And then, like, so what is he just, it's just him and God in heaven. And God's just going You're the only one Who got me man
1: (laughs) That's what he was hoping Yeah But right now He's probably uh, Skewered On the end Of of Large Demonic uh, (laughs) Cock spit Yeah Or as I think He probably just Didn't wake up And then that was it Forever
3: I would like there To be an afterlife Uh, I really would I would like there To be an afterlife Wouldn't that be nice Just for a minute
1: Every, oh, you don't want a
3: whole afterlife. Yeah, well, there's just an atheist sitting at a desk like this who gets to tell you you're wrong. I feel like <laughs> I,
1: should, I should technically host an afterlife. Yeah, Like, I should do it's, an it's after just show. just a guy
3: who just... A woman rocks up in a burqa and goes, Hey, you wasted your time. There's no...
1: Sorry. And then that's it. And, and then, then just, just, vanish. just No, just... You have a minute to think about it. <laughs> oh, no.
3: All these choices are... <laughs> Damn you, it. You, just flashbacks of every Sunday that you fucked up because of religion.
1: <laughs> I don't... Uh, I would I would love to feel like that were the case that there's you know, but I don't think uh, I I guess I just sort of feel like well the lights go out and then that's pretty much it and you know eh, that's, yeah I, that's fine I'm, I think
3: a- it just I don't want there to be an afterlife I don't want to live forever and miss people that have existed in my life or hang out with old people that I've you know it's it's such a morbid thing to I'm sure he's looking down on us right and he's you know you just hear how many uh a, ghosts george lazenby fucked <laughs> Didn't calling to a bit on uh whatever funerals that someone goes i bet you he's up there looking down on us and he's just having a good laugh <laughs> no one ever goes i bet you he's down there and he's in a lot of pain and
1: <laughs> <laughs> i bet you he's right here just trying to Poking his hand through us, not really understanding that he's dead. <laughs> Someone's got to complete some task so he can cross over to the other side, but no one knows who that is. or yeah, what's going I, on?
3: See, I, I don't believe in any them. I'm a skeptic on most everything, but I've, I have had moments where I've met like people who claim to be psychic. They've said things that have like I've gone, ooh,
1: yeah, yeah. I've had that experience too.
3: Yeah, and that one, I feel like there's. I don't feel like, I feel like there's people who have a lot of intuition. Yeah, it another thing. Like my girlfriend knows when when I'm. I'm up to no good, or I'm having fun. She can, that woman can sense when I'm having fun, and she can call up and she'll stop that fun right in the bud and tell me there's something in my child that's wrong that I have to fix. Oh, and do you fix it? I do. I try to. Good for you. But uh, yeah, I. I uh... I'm always
1: annoyed though when the, and I know they mean, I know they mean, I know they mean well, but when comedy clubs, you know, when a comic dies and they go, Rest in peace, you know, David Brenner, whoever just died Make God laugh And I always go oh, that's, Now, that's, first of all That's a laugh factory Using your... Oh, that's right Using using the construct of religion God is an, um, is an omniscient being that you could... And comedy relies on the element of surprise You could never, ever, ever possibly...
3: Yeah And also, what's God laughing at? That he's killed another one? <laughs> yeah, Yeah. You know, He's probably up there in heaven right now making God laugh. <laughs> I, I, I get depressed about death in the sense that I just, I have enough self-hate and I think, I, I just, I, I really in my heart of hearts think there'd be 20 people at my funeral. And I might be wrong, hundreds might show up, but I, I think that, I don't know, I think, I don't know why, but whenever I'm at funerals, I'm so selfish, I'm standing around going, no, I'm a up."
1: Did you hear Jim Jeffries died? Good, we're not going.
3: Yeah, no one would show up. There'd be, like, FX would, like, we'll play the season again.
1: (laughs) You'd get the, uh, they'd just send us a condolence gift, like, the first two seasons of Louis. I'd get, yeah, I,
3: yeah, yeah, first, I get the first two (laughs) seasons of Louis put in, like, a hamper, and I, it'll be fanned out. (laughs) Like, like in, a, in a thing, and then underneath all the little cuttings of stuff, there'd be like one Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Don't send him all the Sons of Anarchy, send him one. Send, yeah. send him season three. Send him Louis, send him a little homage of what he could have been if he
1: tried. <laughs> <laughs> How is the so the second the ne, the next season? Uh, we're we're five episodes
3: in. Um, episode six is, uh, is this coming out right now or tomorrow? Or? Um, this
1: is coming out soon. Um, uh, no, actually, it says that they, we've been asked to post this on May seventh. Actually. Oh, so we, well, we're we're we we're
3: in the episodes at the moment that involve my parents coming out to visit, which are which are a couple of my favourites. But we got some. Since I'm on The Nerdist, and I did say on the Joe Rogan podcast that you guys are the least nerdy people I've met. I don't take that as an insult. Who, us? We yeah, are? Yeah. I, I said, going, are you doing any other podcasts? I am doing The Nerdist. And I said, I like those guys, but they're not nerds in my book. They're like cool guys. <laughs> I go, when I was young, nerds had like club feet and flaky skin and all that type of stuff.
2: Club
1: feet? <laughs> you know, I have to... Because I,
3: I consider myself... You're better looking than me and I consider myself to be more nerdy than you, but if I couldn't pull it off... If I if I am <laughs> not I'm not cool
1: I'm not cool enough to pull off being a nerd in modern day society. You gotta see the um, I just posted a picture. I was so thrilled someone posted a picture of me from like 2003 when I was like overweight and like blotchy. And so if you saw the picture of that guy, you'd be like, Oh, <laughs> I get it now. Ah, uh, that how was uh, you know? Rogan is a guy that I would. I feel like we always just kind of miss each other. Like, he's never been on the podcast, never everyone on his, and we should totally do each other's podcast. He's a good guy. He's a great guy. Um, I'm going to tell you something. Here we go, Nerdist
3: uh, Scoop here. What they- well, actually, I've told other people, but... We'll pretend. Um, but you'll like this. Okay, episode eight, Carrie Fisher. What? Boom. What? And you know how you get her to be in your TV show? Turns ask- out you just the-
1: ask her. Yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people that don't ever, like, oh, we could never get them. Why not?
3: She's not playing Carrie Fisher. She's playing an actual part. Yeah. Um, but I, all the scenes were with me and we did, I spent 12-hour days. I chatted Star Wars. She, I have a signed, in my pinball room, I have a signed um, 1977 Star Wars almanac. Right, like the little like no annual. Yeah, Back to the Future almanac. The the anyway,
1: Grey Sports almanac.
3: Yeah, uh, like like a proper one, and I framed and everything. And she wrote um, on the cover. She's you know quirky woman. She wrote to Jim Jeffries, the Dark Lord of Extreme Foreplay, Loving Pussy.
1: Terry Fisher. I mean, listen, it's so nice that... It's got to be a one-off, It's so nice that Princess Leia included love and pussy. Love and pussy. It says, I don't want you to just have love or just pussy. I want you to have love and pussy. Love and pussy. And it's weird when you hang out with her. I actually got...
3: (laughs) You guys probably heard of a webpage called The Force, right? Where they just talk about Star Wars. Sure. Star Wars. Allegedly, I was on Opie and Anthony and I blew something. All that happened was when I was with Carrie Fisher, she said to me that she's going to, for six months to London to film a new Star Wars, right? Yeah. And I thought that wasn't news because I knew she was going to be in the new Star Wars, right? Yeah. But then the six month thing was meant to be like a big. Jim Jefferies announced she'd be there for six months. So that means she's doing a major role, right? Right. And so it's like I fucking ruined Star Wars. <laughs> I just my Twitter filled up with what the fuck, man? And fucking tell us more and just and I'm like, that's all I know, really. <laughs> Well, at least no one got mad at you for...
1: Spoilers. Yeah, but wouldn't you want to know that she's in it? That sounds like a good...
3: Well, no, but they already knew she was in it. They just didn't know how much. They didn't know how much. Um, And I did some mean jokes. She's very nice. I I, I said that episode seven is meant to be straight after episode six. I said, I don't know. There must have been some disturbance in the force where everyone started looking like Palpatine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 this can't be like the next day. I mean, there's a... <laughs> <laughs> whoa, what just... They just, show, they just use old footage and then, whoa, what uh, just happened? Uh, oh, no. Oh, like, this is a scene. Hey, Han
3: Solo, Leia Luke. That, that was a terrible fire. <laughs>
1: uh, the death, the Death Star is just basically like it. Just it's just like an aging ray.
2: Just
1: like, <laughs> oh, it doesn't destroy worlds. It just makes everyone older by she, a lot. When you
3: chat, like, have you met her? Have you had her on the podcast? Or I've
1: never had her on the podcast, but I was pitching a show with Mark Hamill, right? That we were going to produce for Mark Hamill, and when, so I know, I know, Mark. When you chat
3: with her, you forget that she's. Hollywood royalty.
1: R- fucking way royalty. Yeah,
3: royalty, right? I was sitting there and I was telling was on Jimmy Kimmel show and I told a story about my mother. And actually last night I was on the Jimmy Kimmel show. Again, I, my mother actually rang me up after I told this story and went, "You have to Apollo, you have to go back on the Jimmy Kimmel show and tell America that you're a liar. Oh, wow. And I went, what are you talking about? I watched that show. You just lied. And I mean, what did I lie about? I told the truth. And the thing was, my mother got—I said that my mother got deep vein thrombosis, which is the, tr- the disease you get from traveling in economy. I said that she got that while she was on a luxury cruise, right? And she goes, "I did not get it on a luxury cruise. I got it at home. I was diagnosed on the cruise." <laughs>
1: So you had so, to go on And make a retraction
3: Yeah as I said I'd like to apologize This show doesn't promote lies My mother actually Got a disease From not moving at home
0: <laughs> So, so that clears everything So up.
3: my apologies So anyway So I was telling this story About how my mom Getting really upset Because I was, as I said I was sitting with Carrie Fisher Like 12, 14 hours a day Just the two of us In this room And And she goes ha. She goes That's uh, it's Like my mother My mother She hates it When I talk on television And then I was like you can bring my mom to Debbie Reynolds.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> that doesn't seem like a fair battle. You know who your mom is, right? And then later on, DJ Qualls was telling a Lazenby story, and then it's like, oh, my dad's just the same. It's all about his conquests. And then you're like, Eddie Fisher, <laughs> tell us a story about your stepmom, Elizabeth
1: Taylor. Let's fucking do all these so things. so crazy. Yeah. That's so crazy. Well... Going back to your Star Wars uh, memorabilia, I have two pieces of pretty crazy Star Wars memorabilia. Right. I have an original crew T-shirt, oh, yeah. which has a worth like five grand, six grand. I don't know actually, but it's it's the original. It's an original like Ralph McQuarrie design, and it, it's the one before they really knew. Is it Blue Harvest? Revenge of the Sith. It's a, not revenge. It's not. It's not. Reve- there was a revenge of the. There was a revenge of the Jedi. Revenge of the Jedi. So, on that story, my friend in high school's dad was a messenger. And he um, got. Like, something got mixed up. And his dad was a thief. He,
2: <laughs>
3: he,
1: didn't, he didn't
3: bring all the stuff from his UPS truck, right?
1: <laughs> his dad had accidentally had delivered it was something like there was a revenge I, I don't know how what the mechanics were but my friend almost ended up with a revenge of the jedi poster oh. that was supposed to go somewhere else and then in the end he didn't he didn't get this revenge of the jedi poster um but anyway so i have this R- R- Macquarie designed uh, star wars shirt and a chunk three-by-three three chunk of the mid-range Millennium Falcon where they're, like, right before they go into the Trench Run, Yeah, it's the mid-range, it's like that mid-size one. It's a chunk. It's a Did little fun Did you buy these? Were these given to you? They were gifts. They were given to me. Who gave them to you? My girlfriend, her, her dad worked on Star Wars, so oh, I, well, I, got, I got some pretty sweet, pretty, pretty sweet. And it's kind of, the kind of thing where I was like, oh, this shit's just in the garage. Like, what is it? Why is it? It belongs in a museum Like I don't know why That shit's just I, I, I,
3: Ratzenberger worked on Empire Strikes Back And he said um, He said that he He wanted to ask out Carrie Fisher the whole time But he was living in a A, a squat In uh, Not paying rent That had rats in it
1: Rats and burgers Yeah he
3: said I didn't want to bring it back To the apartment With rats <laughs> everywhere How about now? And that's why I said, why don't you show up? She's coming here tomorrow. <laughs> you can come here tomorrow and ask her out. That, circle.
1: It, well, what you've basically just done is written the perfect uh, Star Wars Cheers mashup fan fiction.
3: <laughs> well, in the in the Carrie Fisher episode, we also have Tom Arnold and Bob Saget.
1: Oh, Saget's great. And, uh, Tom's great, too. Tom's a great guy. They're both great. Tom, Tom Arnold will tell you the best stories ever. He's a guy that will just tell you 100% true things on stage. Yeah. 100% true stories. About Arnold Schwarzenegger. Cra- the craziest... The
3: craziest stories where you're like, oh my God, because he's like, Arnold Schwarzenegger's like one of his best mates.
1: Yeah. And, his, and the, the, the stories that, he, that I've heard about him and Roseanne that he's told on stage yeah. are nightmarish. Yeah.
3: So, so there's... Uh, yeah, so anyway, so yeah if you want to like a Star Wars full house... <laughs> sort of vibe to your show
1: Star Wars, cheers, full house, James Bond
3: Yeah, yeah, well James Bond's not in that episode oh, We, isn't we didn't chuck it up to us But we, we got a lot of we got Who else we got, got Reese Darby Oh, Reese is great, Reese is going to be on our show this week One of my best buddies Yeah, well, I, I convinced him to, to do it he hadn't I'm an adventurer watched sh- He hadn't watched the show because he's my friend and <laughs> Doesn't want me to do well As friends Um but he came along in my show. Have you? I don't know if you've seen it. You know, if, if, yeah, but we got. Uh, men- I,
1: I, I watched. I watched some of it when you were on the last time. Oh,
3: we have. We have a mentally challenged actor on our show that called, called Rodney, who's got the mind of like a nine-year-old type of thing. And Reese showed up. He didn't know much about the show, and he's just, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: he had no idea. He came
3: up to me like most actors would, because we have been friends. He goes. What is this? What's going on? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, Reese, he's such a. I can never tell where. How much is the character of Reese, and how much is just Reese? Oh, uh,
3: Reese is a character. I was uh, two days ago. I was in the Magic Castle with with Reese. We went along for his birthday or his wife's birthday, and uh, we went along to the Magic Castle and. Reese, it turns out Reese has very exact opinions on magic. Does he not like it? No, that one's shit. He's no good. <laughs> he, that one had no presence whatsoever. It was old hat, that David Copperfield thing. It's meant to be like you're a goth now or like a man in a suit like Pellantella. Pellantella. <laughs> And, and and also me and Reese are shameless fucking stage hogs. Like, can we have uh, someone come down? Me and Reese were fighting each other to get on. We both got on magic shows. Like, we did one, it. There was yeah. there was one time when they we need three people. Oh, we both got on. Me and Reese both standing That's up. There.
1: So funny. You're like fucking well paid professional comedians. Like, no, <laughs> I'll get up there. Yeah. I and then the guy goes,
3: the guy goes, "What do you do for a living?" And then we're like, Reese didn't tell him. I'm like, oh, I'm a stand up comedian. Oh well, it'll be funny, yeah, yeah, yeah. But Reese was like, oh, "I just you know work around town, just something doing, doing." And then things. the thing was, so everyone sort of—he's more famous than me—and then the people knew who I was. And then so the two of us standing up there, and then it was in a little room with like forty people, and the guy who played Hurley off Lost was yeah,
1: there. yeah, Jorge Garcia.
3: Yeah, he was there. He's great. He came down and said hello. And he's the you?
1: best. <laughs> what a great. It was, so Reese was on at midnight. Uh, several months ago, and the next day I flew out. I was flying out of LAX, and I ran into him at the airport. And there was a moment where I was like, "I don't know if he remembers." <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> could, oh yes, yeah, Can
1: exactly. I, I was like, "Hey, Reese, how's it going?" He was like, "Hello." Oh, hello.
3: Yes, hello. Good to see you. No, I'm uh, I'm flying. <laughs> yeah,
1: plane. yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Okay, then. Yeah, that's, that's exactly how it went. Yeah, I've even... Look,
3: I've known him for 12 years and similar every time I see him.
1: <laughs> he's do, I, I, I think he's going to do the podcast tomorrow. I have to initiate the hug. What should I... Uh, what should, he's, I think he's doing the podcast tomorrow. What he's, should I ask he's him? He's
3: new TV series, Tall Poppies. is airing on uh, Netflix. He just sold at Netflix, a, a sitcom that he made in New Zealand. I think that's what he's probably promoting. Excellent. But uh, he's very excited about that. And just asking about Legit. Uh, he's, yeah, he's... What well,
1: we really want to talk about is legit. Your appearance, your turn on legit.
3: I have a storyline for him next season, which I can't say what it is, obviously, but it's going to be fucking awesome. It's the best thing ever. I told him about him at the Magic Castle, and he goes, I don't think I'll be comfortable doing that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, uh, I knew Reese. The, the funny thing about Reese is everyone sort of thinks he's that character. He's like a Michael Winslow type comic. Oh yeah, he does a lot of... Uh, Helicopters and gunshots and stuff like that. And if you... If you with him, he does it in real life. Like he has a little case that he holds his cards in, and whenever he opens it,
1: he goes like that. Like he's constant. So he's, uh, he, he, found, he could not have found the more perfect job. I mean, like with the Concord show. From what I've been told, and Reese might correct me, but
3: they didn't want him. They wanted an American manager for that role. And Reese hadn't done any acting or anything. At that stage, and now he's since in movies and all that type of stuff. But that was his first acting job. Yeah. And he, um, they fought for him, and he was on a very basic wage in the first season, and it picked up a lot because the show was a success. Oh, you mean
1: the 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 Brett and Jermaine wanted him? Yeah. Brett and Jermaine, yeah. No, we wanted him. No, they're
3: like, we we got this guy from New Zealand, and because they had to fly him out, house him, get him visas, all that type of stuff, they really fought to have Reese. And Reese played their manager on the radio show. There was a radio show. I know the BBC show. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which was amazing, and also what a great way to what a great way to test run a show is just like this this radio i mean we have it with podcasts now, but the sort of like the radio play radio comedy culture is so great i mean you you, you could you can test things out and then oh the story works because we didn't have to use any visuals, so now let's take it to television let's get some money and let's do it. Did you ever do any of the the radio plays no i i you know i I've always
3: disliked my speaking voice, you know. I don't know if I But now I'm getting more into it as I'm getting older. <laughs> but you're you're a comic and you do podcasts. Yeah, I just have a nasally voice and I mumble. So I don't, I don't think you know,
1: I, I think I'm good on radio. I've done a fine job here today. <laughs> we didn't even talk... We barely even talked about pinball machines. I mean, you just... You mentioned your pinball layer. I, I got
3: a, I got the Wizard of Oz one. The last time I was here, I was I was saying how it was a good machine, but I thought it was a bit girly to have a Wizard of Oz machine, and then I bought it like a week later. And, and do you like it? I do like it, yeah. <laughs> it's the most expensive one I bought, actually. And I, I've got a World Cup one that I'm thinking of trading out whilst the World Cup's on because I might get more money for it. I was like, no. But the real problem is that... it. It has
1: it has problems that I can't fix. There's a there's a there's a bar that opened up in L.A. called uh, 82. Yeah, and it's basically a, a, an arcade downtown. Cool. And one of the one of the giant rooms is all old uh, cab, arcade cabinets. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know all the good ones, but then a lot of like deep ones that you like. You know, I mm. think they ha- I think they might have like a Gorf machine. I mean, like, they have some like really deep cuts. So yeah, they, yeah, yeah. In addition to the hits, and then there's a whole a whole pinball room. Too. Yeah, I'm
3: thinking of buying Pub Champion, which isn't a very well-rated game, but it's one that I always enjoy
1: playing. Whenever. Do I you play. like the really, really old pinball games that were sort of like the, you know, um, not like I, I like into... them from about 1990 on, the ones that I played when I was a kid, Adam's Family and all that type yeah. of
3: stuff. They're the ones that I like. Yeah. And I, I have a theory now at the moment on you only like things when you're, when you're young. That's why I want to buy a Predator head. You know? I don't want to buy an Avatar head.
1: No, of course I, not.
3: I want to. I want to buy shit from when I was young, and that's why I haven't really gotten into a new band in since Oasis. And it's been <laughs> it's been like a really long time. Good by Noel Gallagher. Because head. I listen to songs, and I like that they remind me of a time in my life when I was younger, and it's like now I don't want to like a song because I don't want to be remembered. But I don't want to remember this time at all. <laughs> 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 I think that's what happens. It's not like when you're 90, you go, "I'm really into this new band because it doesn't hold any good memories." It's just shit news.
1: No, there's a there's a window. There's a window, and it's probably uh, 10 to 25, and that's where all of your stuff gets scooped in. Yeah, while and we everything were after that.
3: Sex with girls with hairy vaginas who thought we had AIDS. <laughs> It was a terrible era. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that was the 80s and the 90s. I didn't get a
3: laugh out of him on that one. I thought, I thought that deserved something. I was trying to cut down the deepness. Of oh, the deepness. what are you writing?
1: I cut down stuff for the site. For oh, okay. Yeah, well, does we just ca- get
3: edited down, does it? Or?
1: A little bit, just cool. a little bit, usually just a little bit for time. But I found that um, I was I have this theory, and I really still have to go through all the notes, that I just, I don't write... Well, if I just sit down and write jokes? No, I don't. I don't. I, not even with my
3: TV show. I have a writer's assistant.
1: Yeah, and so that's essentially what Kyle's doing. And it's not, it's not anything that you say or that, that the guest says, but if I fire something off that I think I could develop later, he just reminds me of what that is because I'll forget. And I'm not gonna go, I don't go back and listen to the show. Yeah, I write a lot of stand up. Like there's things now like that, I just thought then I thought, oh maybe that
3: could be a thing about the AIDS and the, the generation thing. I could do a bit of stand up on that. Because I've never thought of doing a standup it was like the first time Yeah,
1: because the way the way I thought the way you presented it was really nice that it was sandwiched in between two eras where people didn't have to worry about stuff and now where people just don't seem to worry about <laughs> things that they should worry about. But that we were the like oh no
3: but it's that weird thing that when on radio and podcasts where you write a joke like so now i consider that a joke that i've written right although i've never written it down because i don't run it and then people are like yo i heard you do that's not a new bit and you're like (laughs) "It it really is it really is Just because
1: you heard the the i find the number of people that do that is 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 really small because in the beginning of the podcast i was spinning stuff that i would riff into longer bits, and I was really worried, like, someone's already heard this on the podcast. And and it wasn't really... I think as long as you... I don't think your
3: fans are as hateful as my fans, though. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like,
3: like, I love my fans, but I wouldn't want to hang out with them.
1: (laughs) That's really funny. You know, I honestly... I I, I take that back. I would hang
3: out with them, but it's... I've got some fucking... Like
1: like crazy ass guys who who, who follow me. And have you uh, have you been hanging out with someone after a show, and then halfway through, have you had the experience where you've gone like, oh, this may be a mistake. This person might I've, be. Back in the days of business cards, I've had
3: sex with a girl. I realised I gave her my business card six hours earlier while she was having a shower. I went back into a purse to retrieve it. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Did you get it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Once I found out what a fan she was, um, yeah. I, I also I get these. I get a lot of guys that write to me and they say this: "Hey, when you come to my town, best weed in all of America, drinks are on me." And I'm like, "What do you think's gonna happen, dude?"
1: People say that to me the... and they know I'm sober. They say that to me like, "I'll buy you a beer." I'm like, "I can't do that." But I find I honestly, I think the best thing that this podcast has done is that um I really like our I I mean obviously this sounds pandery, so I I'm, I'm even hesitant to say it cuz I I feel like maybe no one's going to believe it, but I genuinely like the people that come out to the shows. They're ge- if they listen oh, to like me talk pe- for I like the, the people. Time, they're I feel like a they're people I would hang out with because they get all my references. Like, if they listen with regularity, it's like, oh, we all know the same things and we, you know, we could all hang out. I found that in the last
3: couple of years, my audience has gotten older. It used to be a lot younger. And now it feels like I'm a comic for couples. (laughs) What? Yeah, I get like lots of like, like people, 30-year-old married people come along. I don't know why. I don't know. I, I like that. It used to be just be men. Yeah. I used to make so many references how there was no women in the building. Yeah. And it, that's changed
1: Now there's women in the building there's women in the You've building You've matured
3: All oh, my fans have matured And they've married women And they just right. drag them along That's right, they
1: used to be They just used to be That's what it is They've just gotten older And it's like, Yeah, I'm getting half the laughs, <laughs>, <laughs> It's so strange when, when the audience was half women I found out
3: Yeah, yeah You might have been Seinfeld
1: there <laughs> The audience was half women <laughs> And them <laughs> <and laughs> with these little hangers On the socks um, I think we're at about an hour. No, we 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 blazed through. This was great. All I right. lo- I love when you come on. It's fun to cuz you're very comfortable with the you're very comfortable with this format so you just
3: Talking? Yeah. <laughs> I mean like
1: the podcast format. Not everyone's not everyone's oh, yeah, like yeah. super A lot of people will um a lot of people will talk 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 and then they're just done and they look at you.
3: I think about starting up another podcast, but I really at the moment I'd wait until my show's cancelled. So probably next week. <laughs> we'll, we'll probably do that. It just it's, it takes up a lot of time. I'm going to be doing it at midnight next week. Is it you. next week or is it? It is next week. Yeah. And I'm doing it uh, with two with Arden. Arden Morin, yeah. Arden is in legit.
1: And who else, Who's the other person? And the other one's
3: Kate Walsh. And Kate Walsh's uh, boyfriend, who she lives with, is my writing partner.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. See. I think you're going to have... A, the show is always really... I'm a running fun. partner for, for
3: TV, not for stand-up. I do that by myself. That's it's good for people to know that. <laughs> yeah. and they
1: go, does someone write your material? No, 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 no. I write it myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it's, it's good that you know the other two panels because the show is always fun, but it, it just kind of goes to another level when you know... Yeah. Because I find when people don't know each other on the show, they kind of stick in their own lane. And it also becomes more of a competition. It's then. more of a competition. They really try to win. And, and everyone really does, I think, try to win on some level. But when everyone knows each other, it just completely loosens up the dynamic of the show. And everyone's having fun and fucking around. And it's not so, you know, this person, this person, this person. And so
3: I was just saying outside that I only get, I don't know if it's my nature or whatever, but whenever I'm on a late night show, I only get the other guests is always female. Really? I've done two Conans and two Kimmels. Right? Yep. And these are all the people who have been the other people. So I had um, the Marianne Coulthia, mm-hmm. Oscar winners. That one was probably being. Jessica Simpson. Yep. Marlon Ackerman, who's the. Oh, f- yeah, I know. I know who Marlon Ackerman is. Yeah, I love her. And uh, Mindy Kaling, Carling. Kaling? Mindy Kaling, yeah. Kaling last night. So they're the four other guests I've had. Right, So obviously they go, oh, well, to soften Jim up or whatever. <laughs> so you're, I guess the, I, I, you're I feeling believe it's intentional. I believe it's intentional. Now, nothing against these ladies. I, I think they're all very funny and they were all great guests and all that type of stuff. But I just want to be on with like a Tom Hanks. But like, see, tomorrow, the next, the next one on Kimmel was like after me was... Bill Clinton. Uh, so you just want I to be want on... to be on Bill Clinton Day. <laughs> and I know. it's not a sexist thing. I'd be on a Hillary Clinton Day as well. I just want to meet someone that I'm not going to bump into in a comedy club.
1: <laughs> and someone I... that you were like, I better get a picture of this.
3: Yeah, yeah. I haven't asked for a picture with any of the other ones. I very rarely ask. I got a picture with Kerry Fisher. You have to. Um, who else do I asked for pictures with? That's it. Have I only ever asked for a picture with Kerry Fisher? I wanted a picture with Jessica Simpson because she was pregnant. And I had my son there. And I thought if I could get my son in the picture as well, that would be a cool picture. But she wasn't; she didn't seem up for that. So <laughs>
2: I didn't.
3: Oh, that's yeah. yeah. I think it was like she just didn't. want You know, Weight watches and pregnant, and she's just very conscious of what photos are taken of her. I oh, guess. it wasn't anything like
1: not with you. It just she didn't want to take photos. Do you, it's so funny. I I, I do feel like that. Some. I mean, like. If, if I know someone's taking a picture, I'm like, oh, man, I, I do have a bit of that vanity where I'm like, I don't look good.
3: Oh, well, I'll, I'll show you my Carrie Fisher picture. That's my only one I'll show you. Because it's, it's funny because she really, she'll curve into you. She really snuggles up, old Kerry. Oh. It's a nice thing. It's a nice thing. Hold on. Where is, it? where is it? I know this is bad, but you can edit this down. Okay, well, there's Lazenby. I did take a picture with Lazenby.
1: Oh, look at that. Still, still dashing.
3: Oh, yeah, he walks around sort of uh, with his wrinkled forehead. And yeah, his
1: forehead's wrinkled because his eyebrows are always up. Hello, yeah. everyone. Yeah,
3: and uh, where's the Fisher? Oh, Carrie I mean, Fisher, Carrie Fisher. Oh, well, that's, uh, I've got one with me and the director. That's not the one I wanted to show you. Anyway, okay.
1: No Carrie Fisher?
3: Well, i got a picture of her with the, the director. Oh, look at that. Oh, she's looking sultry. Yeah, yeah, she does a little downward pout and photos and a raise of the eyebrow. She, uh Yeah. Nice. But that was the thing. My brother was losing his shit. My brother, like, cause that's what we did as kids was with Star Wars. And then when my brother was ringing me up all day, like, oh, how is it? What's
1: it all? Like, thinking there'd be, like, some big Star Wars activity that me and her would be doing. Now, see, what you what you should do is cast, like, C-3PO on the show but he does not play himself either. He's like, Jason, like he's just a regular, he's just another character. I, I don't know. Uh, next, next season, would you
3: let me be on At Midnight in an episode? Yeah, yes. All right, cool. I'll do that then. Yeah. i try to find little bits where I can be on other TV shows within the TV show.
1: Oh, done, yeah, (laughs) whatever you want. So Legit is on Wednesday nights at 10.
3: Wednesdays at 10 on FXX, the easiest channel to find on the whole. might be up in the sports section. It could be. (laughs) It might be listed as something else. Look for FXX.
1: (laughs) Or just type in Legit. Yeah,
3: Legit. You you can find it that way. Yeah, don't put in Lazenby. I don't think that'll come up. It could, it may come up. It'll be legit, legit. And my, then. My father, man, when I, because it was, the, Magnus like a fat actress. And then my mother went, So you, I'm being, I'm being played by a fat actress, am I? <laughs> and I said, Yes, mum. She goes, Who's your father being played by? And I went, James Bond. <laughs> 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 and so my dad, he didn't even know who George Lazarus was. He doesn't care. He knew Roger Moore or whatever. And so my dad was like... James. He went down to his Lawn Bowls Club. Where he plays Lawn Bowls every day. Aww. And he went down, oh, I'm James Bond. I'm James Bond. He's taken that on. Yeah, I'm James Bond in the movie. I mean, the TV. My son has a TV... What, what are you talking about? My son has a TV show. Oh, I've never seen... It. It's not on over here. <laughs> it's a thing, a, though. It's a real thing. My son has a TV show in, Amer- in America... And I'm being played by James Bond. <laughs> Which one? I don't know. And then it literally was like this, because I know this is how the conversation went, because it was the phone call he made to me afterwards, it would have gone like this. Roger Moore? No, no, no. Roger no, Moore. No, no, no. Sean Connery? No, why would Sean Connery be in my son's <laughs> TV show? <laughs> and then it was a bit of like, uh, Timothy? nah, not him. The Australian bloke George George, L- 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 Londonberry L- ah. And then my dad comes and he calls me back He goes I need you to spell that guy's fucking name Because <laughs> <laughs> you know he had to go down there with a bit of paper Here it is
1: <laughs> Well it's good to see you man I'll, you I'll see Thanks you on the show me. next week All And right. uh, enjoy your burrito everyone
2: Thanks. The end